up that diesel. Um, 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 let's go diesel. Um. Where to start on Dwayne Haskins? You know, it's it's a multi-tiered question on, on why this failed. I think the first thing I come to when I think about the 18 months that have passed since we drafted him and the way that he's being treated now, and that we, we've been hard on Haskins, you know, this past few weeks because he's done a lot of shit that's required for us to be hard on him. But honestly, like, I, when I think about the situation he was put in, and, you know, the failings of the coaching staff, the failure, the failure of the ownership group to really, like, put them in the best position to succeed. You know, this partnership was doomed to fail from the, from the start. And I'm curious about what you guys think about that. Yeah. No, no, that's – look, it's interesting how similar this is to Griffin in some ways, right? The only difference is that Griffin was a more talented player on a team that actually had – some like the Shanahan's coaching, right? Like offensive minds, right? But Dwayne, there was, when you really think about it, you take a step back and think about it, there was no way he was going to succeed here. There was no, in, in terms of the coaching staff, there was never in the last two years, anybody on either coaching staff who wanted him here. And if people aren't rooted in your success, then especially for quarterbacks, because we know how to shit is with quarterbacks. A lot of times with these quarterbacks, especially unless you were like at the top, top level, it is a matter of where you end up being drafted. Mm-hmm. You need people in that, in those, in those rooms, in those meetings who actually have your back. Right. So that when you fuck up like Daniel Jones, there's a GM there to say, well, we're not, we're, he's not getting benched. I drafted him. Case. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he never had that here. Instead, he had a coach who shit on him during the combine, right? And, and, and frankly, the thing is, a lot of the shit that was said about Haskins was, it turned out to be true, mm-hmm. but you're not the first immature QB to be drafted. So, at all. Now, like you said, man, you weren't going to succeed here. I think you, the, ish, the bigger problem became you were not helping yourself out, man. You yep. weren't. Cliff, you literally just said everything I was going to say. And I'm not trying to make any excuses for the kid because, you know, clearly he did not help himself in any way, shape, or form. Um, from selfie gate to stripper gate to just not even just coming in being a prepared to suck player. Gate. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like to come in, and we know our organization's been a shit show. And this has I'm not trying, I'm not talking about Rivera in the situation, but for a quarterback to come into a situation like this where coach didn't want you then you get a whole new regime and yes we can say Rivera was open to you know trying to give him a chance which he did give him a chance over 11 months but I also kind of feel like Rivera probably had his mind made up when he first got here because Haskins did not you know he just did not show things that you would expect from a leader and clearly when the new regime got here he did not show leadership skills he was not staying late like all this stuff that's coming out now not being prepared showing up late showing up late to meetings not staying late, not coming in early, like all the things that you would think a starting quarterback in the National Football League needs to do. Like it's it's very it's not surprising, but 
it's just very disappointing because I know he's not truly from me. He's a Jersey kid, but he went to school out here. Like, you have people rooting for him. And for you to go out like this and get cut before your second season even ends, like, it, it can't get no worse than that. And just the body language that he had the other day in that game versus Carolina, it was just he, – he even – he rubbed me the wrong way. Like, he just didn't even look like he was prepared. He didn't like he was interested in playing. Like, how do you – I don't know how many shots he thinks he's going to get, and I don't know who who is in his ear because we all know he has a lot of, you know, former players, i.e. Sean Springs, who was his mentor. But if you're not responding to people, like, you're not being open to – criticism like not trying to get better like I, it's truly hard for people to feel sorry for you and it to be honest with you it's it's, it's just truly disappointing it's disappointing yeah. for me that is the main thing about it. i think the weird thing is like when we drafted him our fan base was split on him from the start mm-hmm. from the jump there were, there were people that when we drafted him they didn't want him and they had their reasons why they didn't want him but i think what bothered me because I was hard on him after that San Francisco game. I was very annoyed with Haskins after that game. Well, let, that let, let's remind the people too, Cliff. You was one of the main ones in his mm-hmm. corner. And yep. we and that, the, buck. the San Francisco game was the game where I was like, you know what? I'm done with this guy. And that's why I started saying on here, we're never going to win a game. Because right? you, you're not, you don't seem to understand the level of professionalism you need in order to do your job. Mm-hmm. And you don't seem ready when put in these games. So... There were people, it seemed like, who were happy he was failing. I think that's what mm-hmm. always bothers me about our, our fan base. There oh, yeah, the, on our the fan social base, media is it's disgusting, Cliff. Not there are some people on our fan base it's, that are it's so interested in being right. It's, it's disgusting. Like, they don't even care if the team wins. They want to mm-hmm. be like, well, I, there were people that didn't want Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they're more interested in be, being able to say, well, I told y'all we shouldn't have drafted Haskins, than they are in, in us succeeding with Haskins. Mm-hmm. So when the shit goes left, they can't wait to be like, oh, see, I told you, I told you, he's such an idiot. Like, that to me is weird. Like, how can you be so cool rooting against people to succeed? That is Let alone, how can hater. you be a fan of a team and root for a player to fail? Whether yeah. you like them or not, if this is truly your team, I would think you would want all 53 players to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody who's listening to this, when you get a second, if you're on Twitter, which you probably are if you're listening to me, go to Grant Paulson's timeline and see if there's been a tweet over the past 72 hours that wasn't just blasting Dwayne Haskins. Like the, the, the media has a part in this. You know, as much as people say, oh, the media is not a problem, Dwayne is the problem. But there is a there is a drum beating beaten by people in this town who have been against Dwayne Haskins for a long time for a number of reasons. And whether they're right or wrong is besides the point. They've just been insufferable. They've been insufferable the whole time. They've been rooted from the fail. And when he and now that he has kind of, you know, failed here, I don't, I don't know if he's failed in the league or whatever. He's failed here. They're just dancing on his grave. And I don't think that's really the time for it because he's a young man. And I do yeah. think badly that that it's going this poorly for him young his career and i hope he gets turned around you know he has some personal things he needs to work out in the meantime before he gets another chance if he gets another chance but now it's not a time for dancing on graves it's, it's, it's just really really a poor showing by a lot of people in this fan base but yeah but you know what paul ever since the kirk shit man i swear man since the cousin stuff um, there is not like I, I'm at the point where I don't feel like there will ever be consensus on our fan base about a quarterback. There are a lot of people around here who were so mad that Kirk left 
that they will dislike any quarterback we bring in unless it's literally the person they want. It's like they were rooting for the team to fail, Cliff. That's what yeah. it was. Like, mm-hmm. in, frankly, the person you mentioned is one of those people. Right. Ever since, ever since that guy left and they threw him his little get his little his little farewell party, right? Caribou coffee ass nigga. <laughs> these like these are the same people who criticize Alex when the team wasn't scoring, but we were yep. winning. You know what I mean? Like there seems to be this thing, and I think it's like a general thing in 2020, like where we're at as a society. People are so obsessed with being the one that had it. Mm-hmm. Like it's all that matters. Right. As if they're on the payroll of the organization yeah. or something. Or like, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like I don't, I don't like I listen, I, I became obviously we had seen reports about Haskins, right? Mm-hmm. But my thing has always been if if you're in a situation, because Griff was in a similar situation, that's why their situations are kind of similar to me. Griffin didn't feel like there was anybody on the staff who actually wanted him. He felt mm-hmm. like they wanted Kirk. And he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. And it's funny you say that because it's, well, you know, y- y'all know I listen to a lot of Kevin Sheehan. And he always makes, because, you know, he still has his segments where Mike calls in from Colorado some fucking where, like, he's still here in D.C. or something. Mm-hmm. But he always makes it a point to say, like, well, just so you all know, like, Shanahan did want Robert. He did want to trade for him and all this other shit. When in reality, like, no, he didn't. No, if no, you really no. look back at everything that went on, he never truly wanted. He was never truly in that guy's corner, which is why they ended up drafting Kirk Cousins. Not even go back and rehash all that, but yeah. It, if you have no coaches in your corner for the organization that you're playing for that drafted you, I mean, that's got to be, be hard. Bro. I cannot imagine, bro. I cannot yeah. imagine that. Right for a quarterback, that shit's going to be hard, man. It's hard and, enough playing the position, let alone right. not having nobody there to support you. So. Yeah, absolutely. I hear. I agree with you on that, Corey. And I'm glad you brought that up. Because while we are, you know, saying that there are, you know, there's been a lack of communication and, and partnership between the coaches and the recent quarterbacks here, the fact of the matter is that a lot of the stuff that has been said about Dwayne and said about Robert and, you know, a lot of players here in the past is, you know, there's red flags. There have been red flags that people have called out that fans here, you know, I'm not innocent of this. I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. I think we all are. We're just ignoring red flags that appear and just because you want to see a player succeed. When I look back at Dwayne's last 18 months here, and I think about, you know, the, the draft night party, taking seven from Theismann. When I, when I think about him not paying attention on the bench, when I think about Selfie Gate, when I think about Stripper Gate, when I think about the training camp when Thomas Davis was trying to tell him some real shit, an OG in this game, tell you some real shit about you staring down receivers, and he tells him, well, what if you're wrong? Like, these are red flags, and we all looked at it and we're like, okay, well, Dwayne just has bravado. He's going to do his thing, this and that, yada, yada. We, we, we had to pay attention to the red flags of these players, honestly, because we're not doing ourselves any favors by rooting for these players that are doomed to failure. Even the most, like, well-put-together athletes and well-put-together adults and who have the ability to come into a career like this, a profession like this, and succeed and, and do well, they struggle in a town like this because the fan base – has been so damaged by 21 years of losing that the second that you cross them, it's over for you. The second that mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't perform at the level that they think that you should be performing at, you're on the shit list and there's no getting off. Well, I agree with every point you said. The only thing that I wanted to say was 
when it comes to fans and red flags, like we got to keep it a buck. We're not a part of front offices. We're not scouts. We're not player personnel. We don't have insiders on the college campuses. Like for example, with Darius Geis, like nobody knows what these kids are doing when they're on these campuses. Nope. Like, Ooh. yes, they can tell us these red flags and all this shit. But if we're being honest, some of this shit, like our president says, sometimes it could be fake news, or sometimes it could be true. We don't know because we don't have the access to that shit. So, I mean, when players come into certain situations, organizations, it's always fans are always going to root for them. You always going to try to look past some certain shit that might have been right. said about the player because, for one, we don't truly know those guys. But obviously, I mean, if the shoe fits, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. after eighteen yeah. months, clearly it's nothing you could do. Look, but but also, look, I think it's a couple things though, Corey. Right? One. We have a black fan, a, a strong black fan base here. A lot of the shit that was said about Dwayne when we drafted him was code. Whether mm-hmm. it's right, like the thing about code is like whether it's right or wrong. I only, I generally only hear character questions about black players. Period. I would love for someone to show me otherwise. It is very rare that I hear character red flags about white players. It's very rare. It, that just is what it is. Now, you know, the weird thing is, we sort of fell into the same thing Rivera fell into in a way. Our optimism about Dwayne going into this season was based on how we ended last season. Only, that's really the only reason that was like genuine optimism. We there saw was, flashes. Yeah, we saw flashes in the way he ended the season. Was like, wow, okay, he's going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Up until those last two games, there was not positivity about his future, no. right? Part of the re- didn't they say part of the reason that they were able to talk Rivera into keeping him, and part of the reason Rivera was like, "Okay, I won't cut him," is because of the way he ended that Seattle game, mm-hmm. right? Like because he's clearly physically talented. Mm-hmm. He kept leaving us like this little morsel of like, okay, but it's in there. It's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, every time he was given an opportunity, he shot himself in the foot. Yep. Didn't capitalize on it. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I want to mention real quick, I, I know you guys saw the Peter Schrager report yesterday that's uh, since been you know kind of shot down by Chris Russell, and I think I saw Kime maybe debunk it. But did you guys hear that maybe Doug Williams had gotten the ear Rivera and asked not to cut him after last week's incident at the strip club or the stripper incident? And that needs to be addressed because, like Corey said, we need to be vetting these players. You know, this is a multi-billion dollar organization, multi-billion dollar uh, franchise. We're talking about the NFL at large and each individual franchise are worth a lot of money. I would honestly, and Clippa said this, hire private investigators to check out all these players that I'm drafting high. I can't afford to miss not on not even one of you. Doug Williams said he vetted Darius Geis there was mm-hmm. signs of abuse out there that he just didn't see. He said he vetted Dwayne Haskins. And if there's anybody that should have been able to get Dwayne Haskins' ear, it should have been the, the first black quarterback to win the Super Bowl who also happens to be in your front office. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I'm not putting that on Doug because Dwayne may have just not been receptive to his advice. But look what's going on now. It's, it's a situation where it's it looks like nobody was able to get through this kid. Maybe he wasn't willing to take advice. Maybe nobody offered it. I don't know, but these are the questions that need to be asked. But remember, I'm pretty remember, sure he just wasn't open Doug, to taking the advice. Yeah, he just wasn't open to taking it. Because remember Doug at the end of the season, they said Doug Williams told Haskins, mm-hmm. these are the things you need to be doing. 
He laid it out all for him. There's a new coaching staff coming in. Here is the shit you need to be doing. You Warn need the to kid. be here first. So, like, this is this is one of those things where everything around it made it worse. Mm-hmm. But I think the way that Dwayne Haskins has carried himself over the last two years, this this guy would have failed anywhere in this first. There's several players, whether it be Doug Williams, even Joe Theismann said he even Joe Theismann said he has Dwayne's number, reached out to the kid several times and got no response. Like, yeah. who the fuck are you to not respond to a quarterback whose number you took that you should have never worn? Like, <laughs> why, why are you acting like you've arrived as a rookie or second year player? Like, you don't know shit and. To be honest with you, all these red flags that they brought up, like, I believe every single one of him not, you know, putting in the time, not showing up late to meetings, like, I think the icing on the cake for me, honestly, was just his body language from Sunday just told me, like, this kid does not care. Like, again, Cliff, you mentioned it a couple weeks ago. You didn't even earn this fucking opportunity to come back on the field again. And then here you are, you have this stripper shit that goes on, and Coach still gave you another opportunity. And then you go out there, you throw three interceptions. Then you go out like, there and you, you play. Miss, you missing basic reads? Like, did mm-hmm. you study it all this week? Did you right. truly think that your career could be on the line before you stepped on that field? Like, yeah, he, he's, he's clearly a very immature person. And, I'm, and obviously, come on, we all been young. We all been there. But mm-hmm. neither one of us has been in the NFL. Neither one of us has been a professional quarterback. I'm pretty sure all three of us would take our job a little bit more serious than what the fuck Dwayne has. To well, look, I mean, I might not be in the NFL, but I'm a damn pro- – I have a professional job. No doubt, sir. No doubt. And no doubt. my thing with Haskins is – you must actually think you're better than all these other guys. Because you seem to be approaching this as if, as if you, like the assumption that you didn't need to work hard, that like blows my mind. Uh-huh. That really, like for me, it's like, how could you possibly think that you, what do you think Brady is doing? You said you want to be a Hall of Famer. Remember that? That was his whole, how hard do you think Hall of Famers work? Yeah, I am at the point where my opinion on Haskins is this. The guy was playing a quarterback that he saw on TV. That's like, he mm-hmm. he thought the shit was about things other than playing and working your ass off. Right? Like, remember when he get, remember he, when he was lecturing the linemen last season? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like he was what doing What do you need things. me to do? I feel like he was doing those <laughs> things because he thought that was what you're supposed to do. Right. Uh-huh. The only problem is that when the linemen know that you're actually the one that's fucking up. I mean, mm-hmm. it was on Tony Bergstrom's face. Remember the way he rolled his eyes at this motherfucker? He was just yeah. like, remember how the whole fan base was like, why is Tony looking at him? Well, now it makes sense. How about you have Alex Smith, a seasoned vet, mm-hmm. one of the most professional individuals in your quarterback room. You should be waking up. You should, matter of fact, you should be meeting Alex in the parking lot before he even right. walks in the building. Instead, you're showing up two, hand. three hours later. Literally, be meeting Alex in the parking lot with his preferred morning beverage in your fucking hand. What you need, Alex? You need a Danish? Like, what right. the fuck? Oh, you know Alex don't eat no damn Danishes, dog. Alex be eating that, <laughs> Alex be eating that non-dairy, <laughs> non-GMO. Yeah, he's definitely on that, definitely on that TB12 diet, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why Alex ripped like that, though. Alex, yeah. <laughs> Alex like, you could play for 30 more years if he had that. Real shit. Real shit. Right. But for Dwayne to be around that every day, bros, like, I just, how do you not grasp that you're not doing what you need in order to be a successful NFL quarterback? Like, you're looking at Alex every day. 
Okay. Yeah, you know what's interesting is remember when I remember when Kyle Allen got named and Kyle Allen had his press conference. And that was one of the things Kyle Allen said. He talked about how seeing how Alex works has had an impact on how he works. He was like, you can't, you can't help but but want to emulate some of the things he does. So really, like, while the org is some shit, it's clear this guy just didn't get it. And that's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate for him. Yeah. Everybody in every profession on earth should be lucky enough to have a a reference like Alex Smith in their corner. You know, this guy has been a consummate professional, been in the league for 15, 16 years, you know, battled adversity, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of real adversity. Not saying the shit that Dwayne ain't going through isn't real, but this man has been replaced twice. Mm-hmm. By Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco, who went to a Super Bowl, and then Mahomes, who won Super Bowl and then won it, you know, himself. And this man was on the verge of dying two years ago mm-hmm. due to a broken leg. You know, this, and this man has battled back. This man has worked his ass off to get back to a point where he can just be on an NFL field. I would be in his ear, or I would have him in my ear. I'd be at his side every second of every day. Just picking his brain, asking the question, how did you make it this long? It doesn't even have to be things like, you know, what's the read on this play? What, what's the do this play? Like, how did you make it this long? What's your diet like? What's your routine like? Like, how do I become Alex Smith? So when I'm having a conversation with the next quarterback in 2035, I can tell him how I made an NFL for 15 years. Teach me what you know. Yeah, and, that, and that's like, uh, some of that is a lack of humility. Other parties, you, for whatever reason, you convinced yourself this shit was easy. Mm-hmm. That's the, like that is really the part that I struggle to understand. He thought how he had you, it all figured out already. Man, Cliff. He thought he knew how all could these. you possibly think this is easy? How? So, whatever, man. It, it sucks. I think what really sucks is two weeks ago there was like a level of optimism, and for with good reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what bothered me the most about that shit um, with those photos is the optimism that we had about the direction of the team. While that has not changed in reality, the energy about what we're talking about with the team has changed. We yep. aren't even talking about football anymore. That's what nope. pissed me off the most about that shit. We had spent multiple weeks talking about football after mm-hmm. our games. Your dumbass comes in, you play three terrible quarters. Give us one good quarter. Somehow after the game, when we come in Monday, it's no longer about our playoffs. It's about you. So whatever, man. Good luck to him. That's uh, that's all I can say. Good luck. I ain't even going to clown the boy, man. Because I said yeah, plenty nah, about the last is, couple of weeks. I ain't going to clown thing, That's That's the last thing I'm even thinking of doing is clowning him because clearly he's immature. Clearly he's got a lot of growing to do. But mm-hmm. you definitely wasted a huge opportunity, bro. Like, it's it, – I can't I – can't, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but it's just so disappointing for somebody who was like, you know, we're going to bring the – you know, we're going to bring the organization back to respectability. Like, we're going to put the DMV back on the map, all this blah, 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 blah. And, like, dude, all you did was kind of embarrass yourself. You embarrassed your mm-hmm. parents. You embarrassed your family. You embarrassed, mm-hmm. like, anybody that's mentoring you right now, like, locally, like – this is where you are at, and this is yeah. this is how it ended. Up. This is how it ended for you, bro. Really? This and is, I, and you, I truly hope you take a step back and thought about what the fuck you just live went here. on. You live here, bro. Yes, yes. That's wild to me. That's wild to me. 
That's wild. And, and people can be like, well, maybe he needed to go away from there. It's like, dude, if you are putting this little effort into your job, mm-hmm. look, this is no offense to certain jobs in this world. What is the old the saying? Some people have careers, some people have jobs. Mm-hmm. Your career is not a 40-hour a week job. No. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. It is not. All right. I used to work at fucking Starbucks. That shit was 32 hours a week. Clock your ass in, clock your ass out, take your ass home. Where the fuck with my macchiato? <laughs> <laughs> like, but when you're a professional, right? There is shit that there's a level of work you need to put into your job that is not during work hours. Mm-hmm. And if you want to excel, you need to work your ass off. That has to be something that's important to you. Mm-hmm. So apparently it wasn't important to him. And you know, really? you might not get us. The truth is you might not get a true second chance. Mm-hmm. That's the shit I was saying last week. Like you were right now, you are closer to being out of this league than you are being. Yep. So mm-hmm. now you got Booger McFarlane out here talking. All, see, that's the shit that happens when you act like this. Mm-hmm. Because then this is why you end up never getting a second chance. That's why yep. a second chance is not guaranteed. Because you, the truth is, you are black. You are not just allowed to flame out. Nope. It doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. It just doesn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you want to talk about Booger McFarlane now? I, I want to wait on, a little on that, finish up with Haskins first. But we might as well talk about Booger now, right? Yeah. I'll be honest. I didn't even see what Booger's stupid ass said. But I see uh, bits and pieces of it. I mean, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of it. He basically went on there and said that the the way I interpreted it was that he was saying that black athletes or are more prone to have their careers derailed by wanting to be famous and wanting to be rich and wanting to be in the spotlight and have a brand rather than working hard and being passionate about their, their career and that's why they flame out more or something like that. I mean, that that's not a word for word. And I, I don't, don't take me for like, that's exactly what I said. That's just the way I interpret it. Maybe Cliff could go on a little more if I was incorrect. No, that's, that's, look, that's along the lines of what he said. Like the, the one thing I'll say about what Booker said is I didn't play in the NFL. He did. Mm-hmm. What he was saying was based on his career, this is what he had seen. Yeah. All right. My thing with this kind of thinking is, the league is mostly black players. <laughs> there are white players who are interested in their brand too. It just isn't framed that way. Yep. That's like, goes back to my whole point. When Cousins was out here selling shirts every other fucking week, like he, like he, like he lives next to the, like he works right next to the White House and one of those fucking vendors. <laughs> no one considered that brand building. Mm-hmm. It was not called that in real time. When Griffin wanted to sell shit, why is he so interested in this brand? What is he doing? Why is he, like, that is my <laughs> thing with that kind of shit. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot of this shit comes down to how we talk about it when it happens. Yeah. When when white players want to do it, it is not seen as that. Yeah. White players can get away with being labeled happy-go-lucky, guy next door, Kirk. Oh, you know, Kirk's just a good old Christian boy. It's definitely someone you want to take home to mom and dad. Look, <laughs> Kirk tried to move units. He tried to move units. He tried to make a name for himself. And he did. Yeah. He did. And he mm-hmm. did. At no point did anybody think that him go like pursuing that 
with some sort of issue. Haskins did not fail because of some pursuit of his brand. He no. failed because he was not mature enough to be an NFL quarterback right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And he went to an org that is not mature enough to, to be developing any quarterbacks. Ding, that is the one thing we have continually shown. Yep. So, so the Booker shit is like, I'm actually, like, I felt like when Randy first started hearing him, because you could see a Randy face, like, he was like, where is this going? <laughs> no, who's, whose face was it? It was, it was a, they had a, like, a, like a five-second, like, kind of cut over to Schefter, and Schefter mm. was sitting there with his mouth open, like, is this motherfucker really saying what I think he's saying? Like, even Schefter yeah. was like, somebody cut Booger's mic. Yeah, <laughs> but, you, but you know the thing about those kind of situations is the response on social media the people who were like, yeah, Booger, you tell them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the dude that has hashtag MAGA on his uh-huh. Twitter profile. Uh-huh. Like, that is the weird thing about those situations. So then they're like, oh, Booger's right. And it's like, yeah, because Booger is saying what you think, except he ain't use other words. And I don't think mm-hmm. it's like, Booger is entitled to his opinion on this. Like I said, Booger played in the league. So this is shit he has seen. He's speaking from yep. his own personal experience. Mm-hmm. I can't be like, well, Booger, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that was the space to be talking like that. No. Like, that's my issue with shit like that. That is not the... Monday Night Countdown mm. is the place for that conference. We're talking about a world mm-hmm. where they have to go to commercial after two minutes. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they got to come back and be like, well, back to what Booger said. No. <laughs> we, say it, we cut the commercial and then we keep moving on. And then yep. it just exists out there. And then Booker found himself trying to defend himself every five seconds on the internet. But why do you even feel the need to defend yourself? You said he put, he put out another tweet to defend himself or some shit, right? Right. Like, no. like to clarify his statement or some shit like that. No, I saw that. I saw the joint too. Yeah, he's backtracking like a mug, but like he's entitled to his opinion. I just think that that kind of narrative that you're perpetuating is dangerous. You know, because mm-hmm. I don't think that. Listen, people flame out of careers and professions in all walks of life. And it's for a a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that's unique to Black people. Like, nobody was getting on Baker Mayfield's case last year, a a number one overall pick, by the way, when he was on progressive insurance commercials every 10 seconds on TV. Yes, Baker's turned it around as playing better this year, but nobody nobody said anything like that about Baker Mayfield last year. No one said building your brand. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that only seems to be something that is... And you know what this shit is? Look, the truth is, those are very complicated conversations to be having on television. This is no offense to Booger McFarlane, but I don't think you are capable of eloquently and clearly explaining what you think in a way that will not cause this kind of response within two minutes. I heard you doing Monday Night Football, my friend. I there's know a, there's the reason he was pulled. Right. There's a reason your ass is doing the countdown show. Man. So... Uh-huh. I know, like, we can't, like, that's the thing about the word, the way we're, the, like, the point we're at in 2020, where the expectation is that people feel like they can say these things on TV, but this is, and you might have an opinion on these things, but not everybody is capable of mm-hmm. actually, ex- like, fully explaining their mm-hmm. thoughts without yep. slipping up, because mm-hmm. I don't think Booger wanted it, like, meant it in that way, but he isn't the motherfucker's not no damn like it's he not shouldn't like, be, he he's, be the one he's not Cornell West. <laughs> well, no, fuck Cornell West. 
first. You know what I mean, though, Cliff. Like, Booker, Booker can't, can't truly finish a sentence if we keep it in the box. Right. Damn, damn, dog. That's what I can't finish a sentence. Well, no, 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 but you're not Bomani. Exactly. Like, you're, you're not exactly. that kind of, like, you have your opinions, and I was saying you shouldn't share them, but the truth is, in these situations, you are going to say some things that are going to come out the wrong way, because this is not your lane. Mm -hmm. And I know this is not neither here nor there. You know, I just, just like a matter of fact, like, it's kind of surprising that he was, you know, kind of going down this path, down this lane, saying this about Dwayne, right or wrong, whether he has a point or not. When he was on Monday Night Football the past couple of years, like, there were people on the internet, you know, not being so veiled in their judgment of you. And it, it mm -hmm. was not because, you know, you weren't experienced enough to be on Monday Night Football. It was like, your black ass ain't smart enough to be talking to people <laughs> on, my, on my television. No, seriously. Not real shit. Real, real shit. shit. There, there were people that was really having that dialogue in, in a not so discreet way. And now you're on TV on Monday mm -hmm. Night Countdown talking about, oh, black people need to do better to not build their brands. Like, motherfucker, look, what do you want them to do? Like, him trying to make a brand for himself is just part of the game, man. Like any NFL player who sees a path to maximize their dollars, absolutely should do it. Like, hey, man, if if Kirk Cousins were to have a, a really bad career-ending injury this coming Sunday, you know, I hope you sold a lot of T-shirts. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to be, make jokes about it, but seriously, no, max, maximize your dollars. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is that Dwayne wasn't mature enough to handle being an NFL quarterback, at least not yet, and has nothing to do with him being black. Right. And you, and no one cares about you building brands unless you're playing like ass. And, and Cliff, just took the words out of my mouth. Just you were playing like ass. Mm -hmm. Sunday, the first mm -hmm. half Sunday was unacceptable. You yep. are so lucky there were no fans at that place. Mm -hmm. You should have been pulled at halftime. Yeah. Should have been pulled at half. I tweeted out that I wish I had bought these over overpriced tickets and overpriced drinks and overpriced parking just so I could be there to hear so y'all could hear me boo your ass. It was that type Did y'all hear the I don't know if you guys heard it on the TV, but you know how they play the sound of the fans? Uh -huh. They literally played they literally played the fans booing the last time that he walked off the field. I thought it was the funniest shit of life. Y'all should go back and check that. When Haskins was walking off and you can hear the audio like boo like a boo birds. That shit was actually funny, bro. All right. Well there's one more thing about Dwayne that we should probably get to. Actually two more things. Hmm. First things first we, we have to talk about Daniel Snyder. I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but it's kind of fitting. And I said this on last week's podcast that the last player that Daniel Snyder handpicked is the one that really has been the most problem for us this season. Like, ain't nobody been all up in the videos. Everybody's been about their business. Like Cliff said, we went four straight weeks just winning football. Nobody was talking about nothing but winning football. And then your dumbass starts, you lose which was fine. You lose to the Seahawks and then you're in a strip club that night. And now it's back to the, Oh, same old Redskins, same old Washington, yada, yada, yada. But I think that we have to have a conversation about Daniel Snyder and it, his role in this. It's been widely known that nobody wanted Dwayne. People were ready to walk out on the job when Daniel Snyder came into that war room, you know, last April and demanded that they draft Dwayne Haskins. Like, they worked all year on a draft board and then to have your boss walk in there and be like, Hey, we're taking the kid that went to bullets. You know, he's far from blameless. You know, if anything that he's, but he was the person that enabled this entire thing to go down. His fingerprints are all over it. I mean, let's it's, and it's fitting that his last draft pick that he made is now has been cut in his second season before, before the season even ended. Like, 
I and I understand owners, they always want to put their imprint on their teams. And obviously it's they do own the team, so you know they can't have a voice. But yeah. for Dan to go in there and like literally tell every scout what Kyle Smith and his team, like all these guys, no, we're drafting Dwayne Haskins. Like it's pretty clear this motherfucker is not about winning and he was never about winning. And I don't think he's truly ever, I don't think he was ever about his team actually improving. I feel like that was more of a draft pick of saying, okay, I got the local kid. I could sell some jerseys. I could put some seats, put some, put some butts in the seats. Like you're not doing what's best for your team. And for you to like, for all this shit to come out and hear people wanting to walk out on the job and like for you not to listen to the people that actually are the experts. It's, it's just like, Dan, what? I, I mean, I know we've been down this road before with him signing players like the Mark Carriers of the world, Adam Archuletas, but to hear how he went in the war room and said, no, we're taking Dwayne Haskins. And to hear people were begging this man not to take this guy with the pick and for him to still go through and do it. I can only imagine the amount of bullshit that goes on within, I was about to say Redskins Park, within Washington football team park. And it's, it's just fitting that the leaks of all now the sexual harassment cases, like what Dan is dealing with in court, it just, it's all, it just all comes back to him. And it all makes sense of why we've just been a clusterfuck because I don't know how he became this billionaire guy, but clearly he must be smart in some aspect, but for him not to listen to the people who, who he should be listening to it's a draft this kid, it's, it's telling as to why we've been so shitty for these last 20 years or since he's bought this team, because to do that, bro, it's, I, 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 I don't have anything else to say for Snyder. And I'm truly hoping when all this story comes out with the Beth, with the Beth Wilkinson case, I'm truly hoping that the league will finally step in and get this guy removed because he is truly or has truly damaged our fucking franchise. Like I know we talk about it all the time, but, how do you walk in a war room and tell your scouts the night of a draft right. you're taking a player that they don't even have on the fucking board? Right. Like, who does that? And what makes you think that's the best move for your team? It. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. The, the Maybe you guys say better, man. but I don't, I don't know. The boy billionaire, man. Right. It's, Look, every four or five years, Snyder has a new crush. This is how it's always been under Snyder. There is a new crush every four or five years. It was Spurrier. Sorry, it was Jeff George. Then it was Spurrier. Mm. Then it was Joe Gibbs. Then it was Mike Shanahan. Then it was Griffin. Then it was... Then it, then it became... I won't even count Bruce as a crush. Then it becomes Haskins, right? Like you mentioned Hainsworth? We'll see. You know my thing with the Hainsworth thing? The giant... Other teams wanted to sign Hainsworth. So... It didn't work out here because the funny thing is, I wish he had signed in New York. That would have been great. Right. <laughs> right. But as it turned out, we offered him the most money. So we came here. Right. I can't really knock free agent signings because there are teams that their owners are not willing to spend money on. Free. His up. interference in the kind of shit that fucks your franchise up, which is coaches and quarterbacks. That has been the biggest issue since he became the owner, period. But that's why we're in this situation now. It's just been a clusterfuck since he's bought the team. Yeah. And so, look, investigation is going to happen. Who the fuck knows what they're going to tell us? I'm sure he's done 
plenty of awful things. Mm. Okay. Does it mean he's going to go anywhere? I don't Bro. know. I do Bro. know that this guy getting cut in this manner is a sign that Ron Rivera is in charge here. Mm-hmm. The day that Snyder comes to him and hit to Rivera and tells Rivera what to do, Rivera will resign. So let's see how this shit plays out. Yeah. The wildest shit about this whole scenario with Snyder, it, it's just like, you are not, I mean, I guess there's not many owners of teams that were also involved. They, they made their million playing the game. I guess Michael Jordan is one, and that's probably like, it's unique to him and that's it. Like this man made his billions of dollars in communications. He's a fan, just like us. He probably knows less about football than a lot of people because he probably never played. But you have the nerve to walk into a draft room and tell them, I know you've been working hard. I know all of you are highly qualified. You've all been busting your butt putting in this draft board, but I'm going to go ahead and take this player right here. That's like me, like if it's tax season, me going into a CPA's office after they've been preparing my books for a year and be like, yeah, no, I think you're doing it wrong. Go ahead and do it this way. Some bullshit. Oh, like- that's any profession. You walking into somebody's office trying to tell them how to do their job. Like, what? Right. Yeah. It's something that we, we knew that was not beneath Snyder. We knew that Snyder had, could do something like this. And for all we know, he's probably mailed in a lot of draft picks over the years. I just pray that, like Cliff said, like the fact that he was able to cut Dwayne Haskins before the end of year two is a sign that Rivera's in charge. And that if you ever were to meddle in anything, if you were able to meddle in any decision that Ron Rivera deemed to be crossing the line, then I'm going to take my shit and leave. I'm I'm going to walk out of this organization and you can find somebody else to be your pawn, be your patsy, but it's not going to be me. I just pray that it's the last time we have to have a conversation about a player flaming out because Daniel Snyder overstepped his boundaries and did something that was against the advice of the football people, the guys that you pay to do their job. I'm, I'm right there with you, bro. It's, it, again, you pay these people to do a job. You don't go in on draft night and say, well, fellas, I like your draft board, but I'm going to take Dwayne Haskins. Right. What am I, nigga, what? What, <laughs> what do you mean you're going to take Dwayne Haskins? Like, I mean, Cliff, you always talk about it. Of course, owners always going to voice their opinions. They're going to, it's certain, owners want to be involved, but, you could be involved and still allow the football people to do their job. Period. Yeah. But I do feel like there's going to be, we're going to come to another point where Danny's going to do some fuck shit. I don't know when it's going to be, but of course, it, of course. It, it, it's going to come back around. It's so. going to happen. It's not, we'll you know what? It's not that Snyder, it's not just that Snyder medals. It's that he has poor taste in players. That is really <laughs> the biggest issue. Look, there are owners that medal, and some owners go go around telling people a homeless guy told them to take Johnny Manziel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there are owners in this league who wanted certain players and those players turned out to be really good players. Mm-hmm. It is not that just that Snyder medals. It is that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. That is the biggest issue. Yep. Like Al Davis, God rest his soul, right? Like there were players he liked and didn't like. Some worked out, some didn't. But there were times that they took a player that Al Davis wanted, and that player was good. Mm-hmm. Because yep. Al Davis has been involved in the NFL for, like, I was going to say, like, Al was, you know always, he was always around the game. He knew right. a little something. Yeah. You don't know shit. shit. That's the problem. You don't know anything. You actually 
and when you're the owner of the team, you can just be like, yo, we're taking them. What y'all going to do? What y'all going to do? Yeah, I'm your fucking boss. Mm-hmm. You're taking Dwayne Haskins. He probably hopped out of his chair with his little ass and walked back to his <laughs> Bruce, come meet me on the second floor. I got the got the cores light ready. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right, you, it, like, you know, you know Snyder on some weird shit when his rich ass out here drinking cores light all the damn time. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know he's an odd one. Right. <laughs> Last thing I want to get to on Haskins. We got to talk about Rivera's angle on this because one of the things I had been seeing the past couple of days and we kind of got to this last week. Ron and the culture. You know, Ron could have gotten rid of Dwayne last week. And I think it's revisionist history now, knowing that he has been, that we lost to the Panthers anyway. And now he's cut. That people can look back and be like, well, you should have cut him last week. And people are saying that this might be a, a chink in the armor, almost, in the, the whole idea that Rivera is a culture guy and culture above everything and this and that and yada, yada, yada. I'm curious about your guys' opinion on it because I slept on it last night. I don't know if I necessarily disagree with that idea because he could have cut Dwayne last week. I understand that you wanted to win, but now it's kind of a thing where it's like, yo, if you're into fuck shit, but I think you can help us win, I'm going to keep you around. And I know that's, you know, that's kind that's of life. That's, that's painting, life. That's painting in a black and white. Yes, you're, it is life. You know, he's trying to get to the playoffs. His number one goal this entire season was get to the playoffs. He has a chance right in front of him. He thought that he had a better chance with Dwayne Haskins than Tyler Heineke. It turns out that he was wrong about that. But, you know, what would you say to those out there who think that, the, the reputation of Ron Rivera and the culture builder is damaged by this. Um, okay, two things. That's foolish. That's one, fucking foolish. One, you know the weird thing, man? I think I said this to you all. There is an obsession with punishment, right? And like, what is a good punishment? And I always hear, you know, okay, so you wanted to cut him. I don't really know why it's assumed this has some long-term ramifications on culture because you did or didn't cut him that day. All right. People wanted him to get cut because they wanted to see him punished. Exactly. Like that was the only punishment for mm-hmm. right. They wanted him to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. That's all they wanted. I'm not, you know, this is gonna okay. Now I'm gonna be making this a race thing. Look, it is not an accident in this world that when certain people make mistakes or make poor choices, there are some people who would love nothing more than to throw the book at that person. Mm-hmm. The punishment is not to, 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 there's not supposed to be any benefit from this or learning. They just want to see that person punished. That's yep. it. They wanted that guy to get cut so they could all write their little pieces or make their jokes on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's all it was, okay? The game on Sunday, we did not lose that game only because of the way, right? Dwayne didn't get cut because of the way he played in that game. Dwayne got cut because of that shit after the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this idea that like that one decision means that well, Rivera is not blah, blah, blah. Nah, nah, nah. This is the NFL, bro. Of course the rules are not the same for everyone. Mm-hmm. If Dwayne wasn't a first round pick, he wouldn't have been on this team months ago. That is fucking life. Okay, 
certain players, there's going to be exceptions. The only reason Dwayne got to play in that game on Sunday is because we didn't have any other healthy quarterbacks that we had at the beginning of the year. That's it? That's it. Is it turned out? Heineken comes in and plays okay. That doesn't mean that he would have played okay regardless. That's not what that means. So, fuck that. Like, that culture shit, you want to have a good culture, win some football games. Cliff, you hit every nail, every point. Like, I, this, that shit about the culture is not going to be, there's a chink in armor, all that, like, knock it off. Like, the dude literally had no other option. People can speak on Taylor Heineke and all this other shit. Keep in mind, we are in COVID status, and coach ain't truly seen these other QBs play in any type of game situations. Right. We're all, we were already down Kyle Allen, and Alex clearly was not playing. There, there was no way coach was going to throw Taylor Heineke or Steven Montez out there to start that game and have the other 52 players, or 51, however you want to call it, rely on those individuals and feel comfortable making that making that decision. Like, Coach did what he felt was best for his players. He's been talking playoffs. He felt Dwayne finished that game versus Seattle strong, and he felt comfortable putting him out there. Yes, he did some stupid shit with the strippers. He punished them. He fined them, took his captaincy, and he went about his business and said Dwayne had a good week of practice and rolled him out there to start. If Coach had known he was going to shit the bed, he wouldn't have, play, he wouldn't have played him. But to say that affects the culture for the foreseeable for the next years to come, like, I just think that's nonsense because, one, the issue with Dwayne, it's, it should all be – it shouldn't even be talked about no more. He cut the kid. Clearly, Dwayne has had many step, missteps where he screwed up. Coach gave him opportunity. He realized he was young. He thought maybe he could grow and do something. It didn't work out. He cut him. And now both parties are going their separate ways. Hopefully, Dwayne does well. But to say this is going to affect Ron's roster in 2021, 2022, 2023, like, no, that's – I just think that that's foolishness. People, that's – Reach gods are activated for that one, Paul. So yeah. no, that's I, yeah. I, yeah. I think I think it's I think it's also one of those things where like the players on the team don't seem to have any distrust of what we're so like because they tell you like, in all their interviews we trust coach we believe like, in coach like that's the weird thing about that kind of like that kind of because I heard that shit from multiple people right that's the weird thing about that kind of shit how can you from the outside you, these are one this is a COVID. Uh, in fact, um, it's a COVID damage season. The reporters are not in the building the majority of the time. They're allowed to practice for like 10 minutes. How could they possibly fucking know what's going on? Mm-hmm. How? So for them to be like, well, you didn't cut him. This says a lot about your culture going forward. No, you know what it says about his culture? He wants to win football games. Period. That's what it says. Like, I'm not reading more into it. He cut him anyways, because mm-hmm. frankly, he cut him because his dumbass left the you know, mm-hmm. stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, and just to be clear, like when I say I, I don't disagree, I, I meant that I can see both sides of the argument. Like I could see somebody saying, well, you know, you took away his captaincy, which he might not have cared about in the first place. And you find him $40,000 on a rookie contract, which is not a lot of money. Do they find you where you work? Right. They do not. <laughs> could you imagine? I don't even give a fuck if it's $4,000 or $40. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? My job calls me into the <laughs> office and tells me they're gonna take some of my money away. I'm like, nigga, what? No. <laughs> so, so, forty thousand—that is one of the highest fines I can remember. Oh yes. Seeing internally. Look, look, keep in mind, they find niggas twenty thousand dollars for not having on the right socks. 
for having your pants not rolled down in the fashion that the NFL proves on. A $40,000 fine to an NFL quarterback on a rookie contract probably ain't like sizable drop in the bucket, but it, you know, it's not enough to be like, yeah. oh my God, they find a million dollars. They find Yeah, but Paul, you know the thing about this COVID shit? And I thought about this shit. Haskins had a party at his house. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a poor decision. Mm-hmm. The discussion about his decision to have that party in his house is talked about as if he did something criminal. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The Denver Broncos had no quarterbacks for that game. People acted like it was the league's fault. The Broncos didn't have any quarterbacks for that game because their quarterbacks were irresponsible. They didn't have their mask on, remember? That's the reason they didn't have any quarterbacks for that game. It was That's why when people were like, well, the league is doing the Broncos dirty, it's like, well, why isn't anybody mad at Drew Locke? Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Why wasn't, like, the energy I saw for Haskins when he made that dumb decision, I'm talking about nationally, because locally it's a little different. Locally, we are so in tune with what's been going on with Haskins that that was more of what we were frustrated by than what he actually did, right? Mm-hmm. But the Broncos didn't have a quarterback for a football game because their quarterbacks put their team in that situation. The coach even said it after the game. Why weren't people as mad? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, that's what is bothering me about that shit. Like, it's almost talked about as if Dwayne committed a felony. He made an irresponsible decision. No doubt. They come out punishing him like he like he's Darius Geis. That's like that's what I don't understand about that one, right? Like your quarter, your Broncos lost a football game and had to put a practice squad receiver at quarterback because their quarterbacks were not responsible in following the rules in the same way that Dwayne wasn't. I agree. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that. It's being treated like Dwayne broke a law, right? Like he committed a felony. Mm-hmm. The same day the owner gets in sexual harassment, such and such, it is treated like these things are equal. Mm-hmm. The dude made a very irresponsible decision, right? And what he did was stupid, right? The Broncos quarterbacks put their team in that situation. Absolutely. Right? It was not treated like that, though. Like, when people talked about the whole shit with Hinton having to start that game, it was not talked about, like, Drew Locke put his team in that situation. And that's what I don't understand about this reaction to a degree. It's like, okay, you want you wanted him to be cut? Did you want the Broncos to cut Drew Locke? I also don't want some of, uh, and there's some of y'all that don't even believe in COVID talking about you should cut Haskins for this, knowing damn well if you could have titties in your face right now, you would too. Juggle it, babies. Oh, just, boy. <laughs> I just, like, <laughs> I think that's the part that I am sort of bothered by. Like, like, you made a dumb decision. I said it as much last week. But I ain't going to be out here treating you like you did something criminal, man. And some of these people out here acting like, my man, my man, uh, he, he, like, the reaction to this shit is worse than the reaction I hear to when players abuse women. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. They don't want to hear that, though, Cliff. They yeah, don't I mean, I'm, I'm about to say, y'all not ready for that conversation right mm-hmm. now. Yep, real yeah. shit. I I don't think that there's anybody in that locker room that would say anything negatively about the way the culture is going in the, right now with Ron Rivera. I mean, 
clearly these motherfuckers are on the, the verge of making the playoffs for the first time in five years. Yes, mm-hmm. albeit with the worst, one of the worst divisions in recent memory. But there was folks saying that this team would win two or three games this season. I was, I was one of them. I was like, we're going to four and 12 was my prediction. If the season were to end on Sunday with a loss and us being six and 10, like, yeah, it'd be disappointing, but this season has gone well. Like the things I wanted to see this season were one is doing the answer. I know now he is not Two <laughs> is the defense, everything and more. It is. Mm-hmm. So no, anything after that is gravy. I know we're moving in the right direction. The culture is, is being built. The fact that Dwayne is gone a week later doesn't necessarily mean the culture ain't working right. It means the culture is working right. Because mm-hmm. under previous regimes, Dwayne would have been here for the duration of his contract. They're eating, Absolutely. Money, they're, they're eating money to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Chances are the, the previous regime wouldn't have took his cap and seat. Shit. They probably wouldn't probably wouldn't even find him. They wouldn't have listened to Jay ass. <laughs> right. They probably would have never listened to Jay. You know, I I predicted them for 79. But second place. You did. I believe it did. All right. This is a different type of 79 than I expected. Absolutely. <laughs> Potentially, because we ain't 79 just yet. But look, the truth is, Haskins played so poorly here, and his teammates were well aware that he played poorly. That that shit ain't going to have no impact on no damn culture. Okay. By, being, by, the, by if we win on Sunday, no one will even think of him again. Look, I'm almost certain ain't nobody thinking of him right now down at the park. If we if we keep it at a buck, but man, well, I'm saying, I'm general, saying even in the fan base, base, like in general, gotcha, local, gotcha. no doubt. You win on Sunday, this shit is like no one's gonna care. Mm-hmm. I agree. Winning cures all, man. It'll be a distant memory. I think the only link back to Dwayne after this season, like once we draft the quarterback or we bring in a new quarterback, yada yada yada. The only time Dwayne's name is really gonna be brought up is in two situations. One, we were talking about failed quarterbacks, just like quarterbacks of the past that have busted out, but nobody's going to be mentioning it every five seconds, like they mm-hmm. mentioned John Beck or Patrick Ramsey or whatever. And two, when they, when there's a indictment on Snyder, and like, remember when Snyder went and drafted Dwayne Haskins, but that's really going to be it. Like, win mm-hmm. these games, and, and nobody's going to care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Straight up. Straight when, you up. Play that, when you play that poorly, you will become an afterthought, man. Mm-hmm. Shit, he's already been an afterthought in my book, fellas. I ain't gonna lie to you. I've tried to avoid all the radio talk, and I've truly tried to stay off social media this these last couple of days because it's 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 kind of disgusting where the conversation has gone with Dwayne. So I, I've just, I, as a fan base, we all need to move on. And like you said, winning does cure all. So all that chink and armor shit, Ron's culture is trending in the right direction. So I'm not even trying to hear none of that. Speaking of social media being toxic. This is before we get to the Panthers. Did y'all see what Julie Donaldson tweeted today? Mm-hmm. Or last night, I should say. All right, let me let me tell you what she said. Because it's beginning a lot of attention. I think even uh, Shane mentioned it on today's podcast with uh, Lavero. He, she said, she tweeted out this last night, right? I've read too many comments on folks being flat out mean at Haskins' release. Were mistakes made? Yes. Is there some growth to be had? Yes. Does that entitle you to be cruel? No. Much was expected. There dis- there's disappointment on all fronts. Don't be a part of the story. Let's all be better. And then there's a tweet underneath it where she responded to somebody else. And she said, some- somebody made a point about just the organization and-, and Haskins and how it was just a complete clusterfuck, which it was. And Julie replied, if fans want a culture change, 
they have to be part of it. Ugliness is not part of that. And she had me right until that last part. Because while I don't think that it's right to be overly cruel to Dwayne, because, you know, he fucked up. He's a kid. You know, just because he fucked up in football doesn't mean he's a bad person and deserves to be just abused. But you also don't get to tell the fans who've been around watching this bullshit for 21 years to be part of the culture change, because I don't think we're the problem. Oh, no, 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 no. See, you I don't know, think I'm she's actually, trying to say that, I, though. I am going to actually agree with Julie Donaldson. There is, and we can be like, well, it's because the team has been losing. The team is not paying us to root for this team, okay? Every time we have something here, there are people in the fan base that want to be jackasses. And they want to use the history of the franchise over the last 20 years as an excuse to be dickheads. Period. Mm -hmm. You want to be angry at people on the team or shit that happens on the team and then behind it say, well, it's because the team has been so terrible. You do not have to root for this team. There are times where people are negative just to be negative. All the time, I will please. always go back to 2018, man. Because we were six and three and half the fan base was unhappy. Mm -hmm. She is right. We can talk about culture changes and attitudes. And sure, the, the, like the way that shit has gone has made us feel this way. But I know for a fact that there are decisions that have been made in this franchise that turn out to be bad, that when they happened, the, fran the fans wanted them. Right, the fans supported certain decisions that were made when they happened in real time, and then when shit went bad, they blamed Snyder all the time. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that. But I, also, I, let me let me say something real quick on that. And I don't, I, I'm kind of with you on that, Cliff. Like, and Paul, I hear what you're saying. Like, obviously, we're we're not in the park. We're not making the decisions. But even Ron said this one time to the media. Like, you guys always want to just talk about not you guys, but the media talking about the old negative stories like ron said let's talk about what we're doing now and where we're trying to get to like this fan base is always just stuck in negativity everything is negativity and even when to go back to Dwayne, like when we drafted him the fact that stupid ass snyder made the choice people felt some type of way about him as if Dwayne drafted himself you know what i'm saying like, right, it's, just, right. it's just so much negative energy with this fan base and i I completely understand what Julie's saying because that's again one of the reasons why I have not I tried to avoid Twitter these last two days because it's just a bunch of disgusting negative energy and like Cliff mentioned we do still have a game on Sunday and if you mm -hmm. truly want to see this team get better you should be looking at the positive and saying okay coach did coach decided to move on let's focus on what's important and what's in front of us not sit here and bash the kid like 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 you said like he's done something truly criminal or something like that like he's made his mistakes we cut him move on right and you know what man listen i am generally speaking a pretty positive person ne being negative like that is your own choice yeah. you want to be negative and be angry about shit because of shit going on in your personal life you want to take all that anger out on the team or take it out on julie donaldson who i'm sure with those tweets people probably said some incredibly dumb ass shit you know they did you know okay they did. that is on you do not blame that franchise for you being a dickhead because I can assure you, you're probably a dickhead outside of conversations about football. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I, I hear you guys on everything you just said, and you're absolutely right. But you, you don't think that there's – you don't think that it's not Julie's place to tell somebody who's been a fan of this team and watch Daniel Snyder rip down what was a very proud franchise 
and tell them to be part of the culture change because I just personally don't think that for the most part, yeah, fans are assholes. This and that. That's not something that's unique to just fans of this franchise. Every there's there's right. asshole fans in every single organization. No question. No question. It, but, but it seems like what she was saying is that because Julie Donaldson was not here for that. Yeah, you just took the words out of my mouth. Neither was Ron Rivera. So mm-hmm. she's saying we have new people here. Jason mm-hmm. Wright wasn't here for this. Mm-hmm. So here we are doing something that frankly would not have done been done previously. Yep. But here you are still saying shit is fucked up around here. Mm-hmm. When we mm-hmm. just did something that would have never happened. And we're never. trying to handle this professionally, which is something mm-hmm. this franchise very rarely does. Yep. Couldn't agree more. So her point is, look, shit has gone bad. This has not gone as well as everybody wanted with him. But we are not, like, we are not going to be, we should not be, like, looking at this as an opportunity to sh- try to tear him down and act like he's this awful person because that's not really what's going on here. The yeah. guy has some growing up to do. Yep. If the fans want to take this shit as an excuse to go fucking target his Twitter page, it's because you are a scumbag. Straight that up. is not the football team's fault. The football team did not make you an awful person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I hear you. You ain't got to uh, say no more, Cliff. Yeah. You leave it right there because that's, yeah. that's 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 flat out what it is. I Straight up. I hear you on that. I, I saw somebody comment on the tweet and they said something like, it sounds like Julie's... Now that she's an employee, she's towing the company line. Company line? Yeah. Wait, 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 hold on. First of all, she's an employee. What do you mean she's towing the company line? This is where she fucking works. (laughs) See, you know the one thing I always see in this world, especially in social media, is you can tell who the fuck is miserable in life on social Mm -hmm. media. And for you, for someone to, what isn't her fucking position, media relations? Yep. So what's she supposed to say on Twitter? Fuck Dwayne? <laughs> really what she's telling you to do is grow the fuck up. Yep. And yeah. I agree with her. I agree mm-hmm. with her. Well, yeah, but uh, I know where we keep going around in circles, Cliff. I-, I feel you on that. There's no reason to sit here and be a dick to a quarterback of any football team. You know, like, like, at the end of the day, and I know this is not going to be popular because, you know, this is life to a lot of people, but it is just football. People have lives. This is a job. Yes, it's a passion for a lot of people, but he's these are jobs these are careers they go home they have families they have lives they do shit they don't deserve to open their twitter page and be called every name in the book because they're bad at playing quarterback because you know i i have bad days of work too but i don't have people hounding down my twitter page calling me a fuck boy when i have a bad day at work you know that's not the way it works mm-hmm. you know but but it's just like don't tell the fans to be part of the culture because they're not part of the bad culture Dwayne, but she's trying Dwayne. to tell be be part of the solution, be part of where we're going. Like we have enough negative energy from other fan bases and other national media, and I mean, it's just enough enough negative energy that's been surrounding this organization for twenty plus years. Like all she's saying is like, let's move forward and not try to kill this kid. Like, and you know what I think? The next quarterback, the next young quarterback we bring in here. I hope we don't bring a young one in. No, no, no. But I'm saying like, whenever, whether it's next year three years when that young quarterback has their struggles and the fans go run to that per that qb's twitter page and call him a bum mm-hmm. tell him he's the worst the idea that that wouldn't affect the quarterback it's absurd as right? if he's not a human being Come on. so more now than ever fan bases are part of the culture man 
Mm-hmm. Because the, the interaction between fan bases and the players on the teams they support is a much different one than it was 15 years ago. I'm going to yep. give you an example. I talked about Liverpool on here. Big Liverpool fan. Mm-hmm. Liverpool started this kid, uh, Nico Williams, at right back. He played terribly. Kid's 19 years old. Had a bad game. Fans of the team bullied him. This is a 19-year-old, man. That's, that's just ridiculous. Like, like, see, that's, like, we can't just be like, well, the fans have no such and such. This is not 1998. Right. right. A fan can literally directly go to Dwayne Haskins and say, fuck you. You mm-hmm. suck. Mm-hmm. In a way they never could. All right. Uh, you want to spend a few minutes talking about Panthers or you want to go straight to Eagles? Not Panthers. We got to talk about the Panthers. Okay. All right. Let's talk about Panthers. Um, where should we begin? Um, I mean, we, I feel like we've done talked about Dwayne so much. Like, do we really need to rehash, you know, uh, it's, we gotta, it's one, one of the worst, go ahead, go ahead, Cliff, what were you about to say? No, I was about to say, you know, the weird thing about this game is overshadowed by all the shit that happened after, and it should be Dwayne, is the fact that you fucking started the game by handing them a touchdown. Uh-huh. You handed them a touchdown. This is on a day that you know you're not scoring more than 20 points. You hand them a touchdown. Just gift wrapped. Here you go. Here's six. We're going to spot you guys six points. That has not even been mentioned since that game. Has it been mentioned? No, I hear you on that. I mean, we. I think the defense had a okay day. You know, I think they, they probably could have been a little better at um, getting them off the field. They could have been better, like... Uh, well, shit, they Mike spent Hill. most of the game on the field, though, Paul. Offense didn't help. Right, right. No, my, my point is they, they only gave up 13 points. You know, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, that's enough to win a game. If uh, I'm sorry, 14 points. If Steve Sims Jr. doesn't muff a punt and then get kicked in the end zone recover from a quick six, you know, it's a different ball game. You know, a lot of things happen in that game where you think, oh, my God, that really cost us, like, the, the fumble that they blew the whistle on or... You know, the, the touchdown, the Logan Thomas, they called back. You know, if any of those plays were able to stand and f- Sims doesn't fumble that punt, it's a tie ball game. Right. Defense gave up one touchdown, right? I thought defense played a damn good game, man. Like, again, if, you're, if your defense is only giving up 14 points, like, right. you would hope your offense could give you at least 17, you know what I'm saying? But to give up, like Cliff said, just open the game and you just fumble the ball inside your own 10 and they just score a quick touchdown on special teams. Right. And they're an offense that struggles to score anyway, and you spot them a quick six. I mean, that we 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 all should have known we were in for a long day once that shit happened. So, oh man, remember I texted y'all during that game, and I said mm-hmm. this shit reminds me of that fucking Giants game mm-hmm. that we played at home. But it just had that energy to it, man. You like, and actually, another game it reminded me of was that Cowboys Monday Night game where Deshaun fumbled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it was like you guys offensively are just not at it. There was no energy. That was probably because quarterback was ass, frankly. But um, look, in a game like that, you know that you're going to need a special teams touchdown. Especially he's going to help us out. Mm-hmm. Our special teams gave away points. Yep. So you probably not going to win. Yeah. I mean, going into the game with Dwayne, I think we all knew that it was going to be a situation where you need to either get to 20 points or, you know, if, if you're extremely lucky, you need to, like, score a defensive touchdown or a special team touchdown 
and keep them under 10 or under 13, something like that. You know, you can't just give away a touchdown like that. Expect to win, especially when there's no Terry. Dwayne's out there. You know, Gibson was back for his first game, and you had no idea how he would respond. I mean, luckily, he, he made it through, and he actually played pretty well. But, you know, it, it wasn't a situation where you were looking at this team and this offense going into the game and be like, yeah, they could they could give up a, a quick six and still win. No, it was, it was almost like that was game over right there, kind of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. The funny thing is, we ain't even. It wasn't even like oh, special teams. You fumbled it, and it was at the twenty. You nope. literally dropped the ball in the end zone. <laughs> Balls in the end zone. Go get it. Yeah. God, Jesus. I, I, I'm trying to figure out some more, some more words to say, but I got to be honest. That whole game is just a blur to me because just the way the quarterback performed with that amount of turnovers, and once Stevie Sims fumbled that ball, like I just said, it, we should have kind of known how that game was going to end up. Like you just mentioned, Antonio Gibson, I thought he looked damn good. Um, I was scared shitless when he took his first carry, but he did finish 10 carries, 61 yards. I kind of wish we could have got him the ball a little bit more, but obviously game flow probably affected that. But I still feel like we pretty had, probably could have had a couple more opportunities for him to make some plays. Um, I'll be honest, my biggest disappointment was probably Cam Sims and dropping that bomb mm-hmm. because we needed somebody to step up and not one receiver stepped up and did a damn thing on Sunday. And for somebody that's trying to make their name and we're looking for number two, number three, that was a huge opportunity for Cam Sims to make a play. I understand it was a tough catch, but in this league, you got to make plays like that. It was a good ball. It was there. I just truly wish Cam Sims could have come up with that with that deep bomb because for all we know, the game could have changed right there. But right, I didn't really have many positives outside of the defense, being honest. And of course, Chase being a dog that he is. So Yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of funny that you said that, Corey, because – at halftime, Gibson had nine carries for 62 yards. He had one carry for negative one in the second half. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, when you're down 20 to three, you know, I you don't really have opportunities to run the ball as much as you want. I th- I still think they could have run the ball, not just because I think they so. Were ha- they were having success with it. Sorry, you weren't behind far enough where I feel like okay, well now you're throwing every down. I think mm-hmm. I read something that Dwayne threw the ball like 15 of the first 16 plays in the second half. I'm like. What mm-hmm. in the world would possess you to do something like that? You just right. saw him in the first half. Yeah, that was my there. biggest beef. You were mm-hmm. there last week. But that being said, the, the receivers really let Dwayne down to a mm-hmm. degree. And not just him. They let down Taylor Heineke. Uh, Cameron dropped the bomb from Heineke. He also dropped one of the better throws Haskins made all day. Like when he scrambles to his left and he throws mm-hmm. the ball on a, on a dart, like 15, 20 yards down the field on a crucial third down that he mm-hmm. just drops. Um Logan Thompson, Logan Thomas drops a beautiful touch pass from Heineke. That was another big play that um, didn't work out. AGG, I I don't know if he's just not ready to play or first game back. You got to get his some- first game back. He, first game back. He, he not really playing like he can't play a little bit soft, you know. And it's fine. I'm not gonna kill him. This is second or third or fourth game of his career, you know. Mm-hmm. But the receivers really didn't really help other quarterbacks at all on Sunday. Nope. I think the only receiver that really had a, a decent day was, well, I guess I can't even really say McKissick. Oh, McKissick? <laughs> I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, how many, I mean, he did his thing. Eight for 77 and a touch. That's Logan had a good day, too. Seven for 63. You know, that drop was was massive. I think the score was what at that time? It was 26 or was it 20 to 13 at that time? 26, I think. 26. Well, still, you can't drop a pass like that. It was right in your damn hands. I didn't, and I'm, I'm a thousand percent with you, boy. I kind of felt like, 
being in a situation that we were in and obviously starting with Haskins and not having 17. And like Cliff, you pointed out several times in the group chat, like not having 17, this off, how the fuck are we going to score? How are we going to move the ball? I just would have felt like Scott would have put more emphasis on getting the ball into Gibson's hands or McKissick's hands, especially early in the second half, being down 20 to three, like clearly the receivers weren't making no plays. So I kind of felt like Scott went away from the run a little too early. I just, I felt like we could have got Gibson a little bit more involved in that second half early on. So that's just my beef with. Yeah, but you know what I would say, man? I would say, look, yeah, we threw the ball a lot. This team was there to be thrown on, though. I think that's why we were throwing it so much. We could have ran it on it. And I don't disagree with that clip, but we could have ran it on it, too. Because Gibson had holes. Yeah, nah, but we, but it is clear once Heineke came came in, there were plays to be made in the past by these guys. No doubt. No doubt. The quarterback that you had at the start of the game just wasn't making them. Yeah. The receiving group, even though we didn't have McLaurin, that's the part that hurts the most because we, none of them stepped up. Mm-hmm. But we should, how can we expect these guys to step up? We are talking about a group of undrafted free agents. No doubt. So that was the tough thing about Sunday. Um, I said last week, we not winning when I ask starting. I think I said 20 to 13. What was the score I had? I don't even remember. I think it was like thereabouts when Haskins started. But I just don't <laughs> see how we can move the ball if McLaurin is out. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Like McLaurin garners so much respect from defenses that it opens things up. No doubt. So when it's like we got, oh, Cam Sims dropped the ball. It's like, man, Cam Sims has given us a lot. All things considered, he's given us a lot this year. For us to be in a a potential clinching division clinching game, and we're like Cam Sims is our number one that night. Oh, that's a lot to ask for Cam Sims. No, yeah, doubt. like no you're doubt. we're we're putting ourselves in a scenario where it's like you're you're asking guys to do things that they might not really be ready for. Yeah, I hear you. On but that, damn, Cliff, that bomb. I, I, I hear <laughs> you. On that, I hear you. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, I hear you on that, Cliff. But you are an NFL receiver, man, and the fact that Cam Sims. Has Last been chomp, chomping at the bit for two years to try to get to this point, and now he mm-hmm. actually has a chance. I'm not saying you need to make every circus catch, but make the catch. The one on the sideline is unforgivable. You got to catch that ten times out of ten. The bomb, you know, that would have been a huge catch at that time of the game, and you know, playmakers make big plays in big games. You know, what I'm saying that mm-hmm. would have been a big play right there. I'm not going to kill him for dropping that, but you know, but it was an opportunity. You're in the game. You're you're playing. Yes. Haskins, I mean, uh, not Haskins. McLaurin's not playing. That means you have to make these McLaurin plays. And I'm not going to ask you to do everything McLaurin does, but when a ball comes your way and it's a catchable pass, you should catch it. Yep. That's all I'll say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just We scored 13. <laughs> That's right. Like, we scored 13 points. And if I said to you going into a game that McLaurin was not playing and I showed you our depth chart of receiver, you probably would have guessed we scored like 13. Shoot. I, I probably would have guessed even less than that. I'm not, I'm not yeah. even going to front. If you had told me like a week prior, like if you told me like last Monday when the stripper gate thing first started that next Sunday we're starting Dwayne Haskins and McLaurin's not playing, I probably would have guessed Carolina 21, Washington 6, which is what the score would have been if we don't get a late touchdown. Mm-hmm. Not even a garbage touchdown. It was a good throw and it was a good catch, but, you know, a late touchdown. That's nah, a garbage touchdown. Who am I kidding? I just – I don't know how y'all felt, man, but I really felt like Gibson – could have had himself a day like I actually was geeked up how he was toting that rock like he wasn't limping 
he, he didn't look sluggish, like still had the same burst, breaking tackles. I'm like, oh shit, we ain't got McLaurin, but you know, we need to feed Gibson this ball. But I mean, obviously game flow and turning the ball over 75 times doesn't help the situation. But I just, I truly thought we could have got that ball in Gibson's hands a little, even McKissick, like get them the ball. Like I understand. And I'm not saying you can only go to, you, you, you shouldn't game plan where you're just going to running backs because obviously defenses will scheme up and they'll end up shutting that shit down. But I just felt like Scott could have done a little bit more to get the ball in Gibson's hands. That's all I'm saying. Uh, one thing that I didn't like that Scott did, a production was late cutting to this play. It was a third and one. And they mm-hmm. tried to do a wildcat with Logan Thomas after Gibson had been gashing. I'm like, why would yep. you take the ball? I remember. Yep. Why would you take the ball at 24, 24's hands? Mm-hmm. He's toting that rock. He's running hard as fuck. Why are you not giving the ball on third and one? Why? He looked good, man. He surprised mm-hmm. me. He looked good. Yeah. I think I just forgotten how hard he'd been running those past couple weeks. Like, I knew he was quick, and I knew he was awesome getting to the edge, like, beating cor- people to the corner. But, like, there was a few runs, man, where he was just, pounding, like, pumping those legs, getting mm-hmm. a few extra tough yards. Like, damn, that's what we needed, bro. That's yep. exactly what we needed today. Look fresh. You know? I feel like Cliff, Cliff had me scared shitless, like, Remember when he first got injured? Cliff was like, "No, nah, he needs to. He needs to sit out for the rest of the year, bro." You know I mean? When he got that first carry, I just kept thinking, "God, if he gets hurt, if he gets yeah, hurt, yeah, because like uh, turf toe, can't turf play toe. with that injury." Yeah, yep. and turf toe, that shit go left. It's mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden it's a lingering problem. And he he did look good. He looked yeah, good, man. He looked good. Yeah, uh, I can't believe we met this far and not talked about Heineke. Like, <laughs> I, I had a I had a real in depth about Heineke. Let, Let's keep it a stack right now. How do you think Heineke looked? I saw some people saying it was prevent defense. And okay, prevent defense and off man defense aren't the same thing. Bro, this dude was just at, wasn't he at ODU taking classes or something? Man, they said a couple weeks ago. This dude was at ODU taking math classes three weeks ago, which is also an indictment on Dwayne, but I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm not gonna go there right now. We're gonna leave that in the past. Right. This man was on the, I don't even know what the XFL St. Louis franchise was, but he was starting quarterback of then, and that's the extent of his experience the past two years playing quarterback. Hey, man, I mean, I, I can't really grade him too hard. Like, I mean, he went out there and he did what he could do. Like, yeah, ball moves. <laughs> yeah, ball like, to, to yeah. be coming from a college campus, you know what I'm saying? To be Obviously, he knew the offense because, I mean, he was with them in Carolina for a little stint, I believe. Um, but I thought he played well. Like, I'm not going to sit out here and say he's, like, some people on Twitter talking about, well, what if he plays well? Is he the future 2021 quarterback or something? But well, for the situation that he was in, like I thought he, I thought he played decent. Look, I think it's, I think it's always a, like when guys are brought in in that scenario, there's like a nothing to lose attitude. Mm-hmm. And he played like, like that's what he clearly had. Mm-hmm. If you name him starter going into this game, this is different. I, that's the part <laughs> that I'm like, guys, yeah. we can't just like we can start him Sunday. Right. There are actual stakes Sunday that he will be well aware of mm-hmm. going into that game, which will have him in a different place than it had him when he mm-hmm. was started to a game that he was not expecting to play in. Yep. Although, although he probably, honestly, he probably was looking around all week like, hey, Dwayne is a bum. Well, you heard what he told Chase when Chase said he went on the field. Chase was like, I went up to him and said, come on, bro. He's like, I got this. This is what I do. Chase is like, oh, he got a little swag to his game. <laughs> nah, let's, look, it's true. The one thing that's always that is generally bothers me with Dwayne is he just seems to lack. He loses his confidence very easily. Absolutely. All that confidence I used to see on the internet, I ain't seen on the field. Nope. 
Heineke came in there. He was ready to. He wanted. He was ready to put points. Make yeah. some throws. Yep. Look good. That don't mean you should be starting Sunday. Absolutely like, not. Like if I was eighty percent, if I was eighty percent, six whatever the hell that means, you know what I'm saying? Then you yep. need to put Alex out there. But straight up, um, no, I thought he. I thought I thought he, he gave us a chance. We felt like we could come back. Showed some heart. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kind of got a like a pop gun arm. Like not the strongest arm at all. Like. The ball was kind of just like taking forever as it left his hands to get to where it was going. But what you saw was he throws with, with great anticipation. And I think you like uh, anybody who follows Mark Bullock on Twitter and and follows his uh, thread of replays or of, of highlights, you know, days after the game, you saw a lot of the clips he put up today were especially on that Cam Sims throw. Like he throws that ball when Cam Sims is a step behind the DB, but he put the ball in a spot where he saw where he was going. He knew that if he got to that spot that it would be a, a good chance that he could have a long completion. And, and unfortunately, Cam didn't catch it. But on all 12 of his completions, you saw that he's throwing the ball as the receivers are making the break, not once he's made the break. And I think that's one of the biggest uh, knocks on Dwayne in the past year or two is the fact that he won't throw a ball until he sees it open, which, no is, why which is why he's always late on his throws. Heineke, mm-hmm. I mean, even with an arm that's considered pretty weak by NFL standards was – moving the ball up and down the field because he knew the offense and he knew where the receivers were going to be and he knew who would be open. Like, you know, I hate making this about Dwayne, but, like, the one of the things I always harped on and I hate it is the fact that – how do I say this? Is, is the, You know in this offense that if you get a certain look that this is going to be open and Dwayne never got that, but it seemed like Heineke got it right away. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. He had a feel for it. Right. Chase yeah. Young. Chase Young. That's yes. a dog. It is. It like it makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. His whole attitude. This is a guy who's very well aware of that motherfucker. And when plays need to be made, like like the re, like, a player like that can change the game. Snapping the figure. We just we've never really had a player like. But that. do you remember when the announcer was like? You guys notice how we haven't heard a certain rookie's name yet, Chase Young, and then the following plays when he had that trips, he had that strip sack mm-hmm. fumble recovery. Literally, yeah. like it's always people calling him out, but the, he's consistently making plays. That's he's drawing crazy. double teams. He's helping his other defensive linemen get one-on-one matchups. Like he's a game changer, bro. And I'm gonna say it again: all them people that was talking about we shouldn't have took him at number two. You're a fucking idiot. I don't give a fuck what you say. I hope you jump on board now because that boy is a dog. He's going to be in the burgundy and gold for a long, long time. And I'm glad he is here because at all times that motor is running. Yeah. And to see a rookie going up and down the sideline trying to get his team up. I couldn't tell you last time we had a player like that with that energy yeah. and have that impact on the field. Like there's that's your defensive rookie of the year, folks. Let me tell you what I'm concerned with. Paul's man, Jeremy Reeves. I knew that was coming. Listen, Damn. you know, you know, it's just coming because we've had a conversation about this position all year. Does he look all that much better? What the? We, his name is Jeremy Apke. What the hell is Damn, the dog. difference? Like Gucci you know, said, "Damn, why are you always slipping? Why are you always slipping, dog? Why are you always slipping?" Mm-hmm. Now always we missing everything, slipping, bro. Rumor has it that Curtis Samuel is still dragging his ass out on the sideline. By the way. Paul, when he was doing that, I literally thought about you. I was like, this motherfucker is dragging Jeremy Reeves. <laughs> literally, oh. yard for yard. 
I was like, my man, he's on the sideline, tripping, pushing, whatever. He just got you by the jersey, and he is punking you. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, Curtis Samuels is a fucking dog. We knew that, but he and he's a free agent. Yeah, he had his way with our our secondary. And he, what what do you have rushing? He led. I think he led Carolina rushing on Sunday. He did, bro. Seven carries, fifty-two yards, five catches, one hundred and six yards. Oh, yeah, yeah, again. I mean, mm-hmm. that boy had a yeah, we, day. We kind of knew that going in that that mm-hmm. guy was going to be a problem for us. Mm-hmm. But no, you well, know, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. You no, know, I think the weird thing is like this is the thing about our season, especially the second half of the season, and that's how you know our team has improved. I feel like every game we have lost in the second half of this season, I have come away from it thinking we should have won that game, right? And that's how you know that our team is getting closer. Mm-hmm. Beginning of the year, it wasn't like that. Second half of the season, these games, Detroit, the New York games, Seattle, it's like we could have won that game. We just yep. didn't have the firepower. I agree. I agree. Which uh, goes back to the culture thing Paul was speaking of earlier. Like, for you to make that statement, Cliff, that tells you clearly Ron got to be doing something right. The team is trending up. Because, like you said, first half of the year, uh, when we was losing them games, I don't think either one of us thought we're going to come back and win this game. Because I know I didn't. Whether it was the Browns game, Ravens game, like, the way the team is performing now, yes, they're, they're they're rallying in the second half. Obviously, we wish they would come out in the first half play a lot better. But it's like they're showing the fight. They're showing resiliency. Like, they're staying in it. And they're giving you the feeling like, okay, we can make a comeback and we can win this thing. So, it's clearly there's improvement going on with this roster and this team. Uh-huh. Look at the, the Washington football team. 2021 free agent signing class. Barbara McKissick, Logan Thomas, Cornelius Lucas, Wes Schweitzer, Pierre-Louis, Ronald Darby. All seven signed for 11.35 million Mm. guaranteed total. Got two-year deals on McKissick and Thomas. Only free agent missed was Sean Davis. And Kendall Fuller can play. That's the tweet. And it's, it's true. Like, this roster has been luckily transformed by these what was perceived as like bottom of the barrel free agent signings, but mm-hmm. they honor they identified guys who could help us. They got them on great deals and they might be expensive to keep, but this is how you win football games. This is how you win championships by getting guys who play better than what they're being paid. And we have a whole rack of them right now doing their thing. And like I said, $11.35 million for all those guys guaranteed. That's the bulk of production on offense these past couple weeks with Logan Thomas, and Jaden McKissick, and they're probably making a combined like four million dollars this year. Yeah, yeah, but let's also remember that our offense stinks. <laughs> so, so in the same way, like no offense to McKissick and Thomas, I think these those guys are okay. Those guys are good players. They contributed. Mm-hmm. We are relying on them way too much. Absolutely. If, if, oh, if, yeah. Absolutely. If absolutely. you are going into division clinching playoff, division clinching games. And Logan Thomas and McKissick are getting 20 targets combined. Clearly, you're lacking in talent. Your offense is probably going to score 13 points. Right. Yeah. Um, one player we did not mention who I thought had a really good game, Cole Holcomb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good football player, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We noticed the money was gone last week. He comes back this week. This is probably his best game of the season. Lettuce and tackles. Yeah. Had a sack. 
I thought you were going to say Brown Darby because I thought he had a hell of a game too. Yeah, he like, did. He did. The DBs in general. I thought the DBs in general. Sorry, the corners. The corners. Not the DB. Because last I checked, Jeremy Reeves is a DB. Oh, <laughs> if you look at the, um, like, we look at Anderson and Moore, they had 20 targets, mm-hmm. 12 catches for 76 yards. The week before, same thing. They did the same thing to make Metcalf and Lockett. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give everybody a preview of my prediction, but this is what I will say. We are likely to face the best receiving group in the league in the wild card round. Whoa, Cliff. Easy, we, we can do the same thing with that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. All right. Well, let's get to these bum-ass Eagles then. Hmm? Yeah. Scummy-ass Philly. We've been doing this for weeks now. Now it's, you know, we know the scenario. Everybody knows you win, you're in. If you lose, the winner of Dallas, New York. It, that was like vomit coming out of my mouth. Just saying that shit. <laughs> but, you know, as, as bad as they played these past two weeks and as how discouraging as it kind of feels, they have a good opportunity on Sunday. And I'm not just saying that because it's a win and you're in. I think that this is a team that they match up well with. For starters, the Eagles are very, very banged up front. They are down. There's a chance that they'll be down to their sixth and seventh offensive tackles on Sunday. Peters is gone. Dillard is gone. Lane Johnson is gone. The rookie, uh, what's the band's name? Driscoll mm-hmm. is out for the season. And uh, Jordan, I, I don't want to butcher this man's last name. Uh, Jordan Mayalata or something like that? There you go. That, that's good enough. He's in concussion protocol. You know, mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen with him. And they've, you know, that obviously they've been short Brandon Brooks all year. And they're being led by a quarterback that, He's played four games, and he's been a turnover machine in the past three games. There's a stat that I saw. As much as everybody was getting on Carson Wentz's ass for being a turnover machine, listen to this. Since taking over as a starter, Jalen Hurts has averaged 3.7 turnover-worthy plays per game. Carson Mm. Wentz averaged 2.2 in his 12 starts. Mm. Yeah, he had three turnovers or three or four turnovers in the fourth quarter versus Dallas alone last week. Three picks or two picks and a fumble. You combine that with a defensive line that's going to be ready. Like, if there's one group of people that I know will be ready come Sunday, it's going to be a D-line. You have an opportunity to get a couple game-changing plays. Mm-hmm. Um, on defense, Cox is looking like he's trending, like he's going to be out. He missed all last week practice with a net injury, ended up playing left swiftly with a stinger. Mm. I mean, I don't see why you would – bring him back in a game where you have nothing to play for outside of keeping the Cowboys or the Giants out of the playoffs or whatever. I don't know. Uh, uh, Brandon, uh, not Brandon Graham, um, Derek Barnett is really banged, banged, up. banged up. Their linebackers are banged up. Their rookie cornerback got flambayed so bad they had to move Jalen Mills back to cornerback last week. And and you know what ha- happened last week was they started the game with Slay on Cooper. Gallup mm-hmm. was cooking that guy so much they put Slay on Gallup. Then second half, Cooper cooked that dude. Mm. Yeah. What's his name? What's the rookie's name? Jacquet. Or I think it's Jacquet. It is right. His name Michael Jacquet. Okay, I got you. I see it. Well, where do you think? He Thirty-eight. Was? Michael Jacquet. Yep. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I think the one thing about the Eagles is I am really hoping. 
for a disastrous quarterback controversy. Ooh, spicy. Yeah, headed towards that. It is beautiful to see. They are a very banged up team. Um, Dallas Goddard, Goddard, he also got injured on Sunday. Yeah, that um, might say. Richard Rodgers. So currently, their list is questionable. Um, and as is Duke Riley. Uh, Malaita is in great, is in the con- concussion protocol. He's, I think he's like in the highest stage one. So he's mm-hmm. got five days to go through. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this is in a division. The bright side is no fans. And I say that because I, I'm actually curious to see what the end of this season is like in these kind of games, because I think the no fans part in a situation like this sort of changes how this game. If we were going there on a Sunday night, last game of the year, and their fans are in there ready to get us up out of that playoff spot, and fucking Tyler, Taylor Henneke is starting, I'd be mm-hmm. have no shot. It'd be a shit show. Right? But we are going to be the team with the energy Sunday. I don't think we're going to play tight. One, we're not going to play tight because Dwayne's not out there. I think we just play mm-hmm. tight when Dwayne's out there because no one trusts that he knows what the fuck he's doing. Mm-hmm. Two, if Alex is suited up, he practices this week, this is a W. We, in fact, prediction. He starts, this is a blowout. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So I see that. I really think, I think this is one of those things where it is very clear over the last when number 11 mm-hmm. has a different belief in the team when he's in that. And yeah. so this game where they know it's do or die, and we're going to hurt. And yeah, they got, I mean, they got, listen, they still got Miles Sanders. They still got Deshaun Jackson's back. Rieger, Zach Ertz will be out there since God is not playing. We can dominate this game up front on mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. Yeah. It needs to come to a point, Cliff, where we come out there. Maybe in the final game of the year, we'll finally come out guns a-blazing. Not, yeah. and, and when I say guns a-blazing, I'm not saying go out there and start out 21 nothing, but you mean, you mean maybe we'll go. Thank you. I, I will take that. Thank you. Can we get some points on the board on the board early? Yeah. Like take the energy away. Let's. I mean, obviously our energy will be up, but I feel like if we get out on them, get ahead of them, cause some turnovers early. You know, get to the quarterback. Right. Offense is in a flow. Like Eagles are probably ready to hit the Dominican Republic, Jamaica. They ready to check yeah. out. So One, two, three, can't cone, baby. Thank you. <laughs> and like you said, the fact that there's no fans there, that could go two different ways. Like whether. It could be them rallying their team, or it could be the Boo Birds really making the Eagles feel like some shit trying to get, you know, get them out of the link. But yeah, but I I feel like this is the one thing I will say going in this game is we this slow, we cannot start slow. No, we can't. Because if we start slow on Sunday, then we will be tight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? Like we need to be dragging ass through the first first quarter. We need Mm -hmm. to come out here and get up. Can we get up seven? Yep. And nothing. Can we Cliff, I'll, ta- I'll take the three. I'll take the field goal. Get on the board. Right. Just like set the, set the tone for what kind of night this is going to be. Mm-hmm. I also don't want the ball first. You need to kick that ball to Jalen Hurts, and you need to explain to Jalen Hurts. We're going to be here all night, buddy. a long night. <laughs> you not running away from 90 and 99. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I got another prediction. Oh, boy. Carson, you better get your reps in this week. Mm. You better get him in. KPL is probably going to play, I would guess, right? He missed a couple weeks. I, I yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Look, when I've seen Jalen Hurts, I, he's okay, right? I think the media got a little carried away, as they do. 
They got very carried away with, with him. We are going to be on his ass. Mm-hmm. The player I am worried about, Eagles-wise, is Sanders. Very simple. That's the guy who I think can beat us. I thought, you was going, I thought you was going to say uh, Action Jackson. Well, look, Action Jackson is – I mean, Deshaun's Deshaun, but the only way they can get him the ball downfield is on some, like, play action where there is pass protection. And I Shouldn't can't see a scenario yep. where you can go seven-step drop like the one they got him versus Dallas – Versus. Yeah, yeah. I just can't see a scenario where you have that kind of pocket, that kind of time. I just mm-hmm. don't. We need the D line to come out and dominate. This is the game, or this is one of those games where we've all said all year, "This is the strength of our team." Well, we damn sure need this Sunday night where they need to come out there and set the tone. And I'm not talking just chase and sweat. I'm talking 93, talking 94, 97. Set the tone on that frail ass offensive line that the Eagles are going to roll out there Sunday night and we should be walking out of the link with a W if they do what they're supposed to do. That's just how I'm feeling. Because the simple fact that not having Dwayne on the field, I'm not anticipating our quarterback to turn the ball over three times in the first half. So I'm already assuming our energy will be up. And like you said, once they see 11 out there, their energy is already going to be up anyway. So I just need the defense to come out and do what they do. And yeah, let's, let's get this ball rolling. Like I mentioned earlier, I didn't really want to face Jalen Mills in a, Game in Philly, week 17, especially Hurt, now that Jalen Hurts. We God definitely want to face Jalen Mills. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I didn't want to be facing Jalen Hurts in week 17 game, especially not if it meant the division was on the line for the winner. Obviously, it, this game means nothing to them. But the fact that there's now game film on him, yeah, of course that Jalen Hurts was able to go out there and beat the Saints. There was no tape on him at all. Mm-hmm. He lost to the Cardinals. He lost to the Cowboys. He lost to Andy Dalton. Like, 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 you know, how good could you possibly be? Um, and I'm, I'm, I think that kind of tongue in cheek. He could all, he could probably be a very good quarterback. But in a Week 17 game against one of the most ferocious defenses in the league, mm-hmm. against a defensive coordinator for the most part that limits run after the catch. You know, the Eagles have been getting a lot of these like tunnel screens. Like they scored one with Quez Watkins two weeks ago. I think they got a long gainer with it again this week. They come up and tackle. They contain. They don't let Jalen Hurts get outside on the read options. You're right. Miles Sanders could hurt us, but I don't think that oh, – how do I put this? I don't think he could hurt us as badly as Jalen Hurts could if he were doing his thing, like bowling he was versus Saints. And the way it's going now, the way it's trending, I don't think that's possible. I see what you're saying because basically if Hurts is out there bowling, that's opening up shit for Miles. You know exactly. I mean? like, exactly. Open up their entire offense. Exactly. I'm you know, sure if, if, if Hurts was doing his thing, then Miles could be out there just gashing. I hear you. But I think I the you. defense is sound enough, and the scheme is gonna be good enough where it's not gonna allow to Miles Sanders get off in the way that he could if it were like I don't know, a couple of years down the road, and, and Hurts is more comfortable in the offense, and they have a, a fully healthy, healthy offensive line. I mean, they're not gonna be able to block us up front. We know that for sure. Mm-hmm. But if they're just gap sound and sticking to their assignments i just i don't see it well see the only reason i i say things like the ship of miles sanders it, it would be one thing if we had an offense yeah i think our team is a situation where it doesn't really matter who we're our ceiling as an offense right which means one big play by an up the opposing offense and we could lose that game mm-hmm and like that is the tricky situation we are in. We cannot get behind. I mean, obviously we came back versus Steelers. 
and I get that people will point that out, but we can't put ourselves in a position where we have, we need to come from behind. Mm-hmm. Is Terry McLaurin good? That was my next statement. <laughs> so, like, we we are we can win without McLaurin, but it, the game has to really go a certain yep. way, man. Look, yeah. we can win without McLaurin, but we can't be fumbling punt returns inside our own ten and just giving offense six points mm-hmm. when we struggle to even get down the field and get three. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I pay attention to the people in the desert a lot, and I was nervous in the past two weeks when the line started creeping like towards like. Uh, you know, it went from a small line in favor of the Seahawks to a bigger line on Sunday. Like it was like end up at like six or seven or something like that. If I don't, if I'm not mistaken. And again, uh, versus, uh, the Panthers and I'm growing in the days leading up to the game. You know, we were early one point underdogs to the Eagles today. We're one and a half point favorites. And I'm, I don't know if that's because of Dwayne getting cut. I don't know if they know something about Alex possibly being back, but that's Alex starting. That's yeah. I think that's probably starting. And if if 17 is back, I think that line grows a little bit more. So, you know, I get a little bit of comfort knowing that people in the desert seeing what I'm trying to tell myself in my own head that I'm seeing, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I hear you. The desert's never wrong. I don't know. <laughs> They're rarely wrong, I should say. Um yeah. I I look, we gotta win this game because this is gonna feel like a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And we can, and I've, and we, at least in that moment, it'll feel like a disappointment. If we can ring the new year in with a W, it'd be lovely, man. Mm-hmm. It really would. So it'd be icing on a cake. Ended by those dickheads. Mm-hmm. That's the part I don't like. That'd be a dagger, just for the sake of not even taking anything away from Ron and what we, what he's done this year, because clearly the team is trending up. But it would truly be a dagger to end it like that at the Lincoln. <laughs> Having Philly knock us out like that would just that I'm getting sick thinking about that shit because yeah, that, that could be, ultimately be yeah that would that would hurt that would hurt not taking away from anything we've Ron has accomplished because like I said I truly feel like we're trending up um, but it would it would definitely hurt but I'm gonna be honest I'm t- I'm anticipating a heavy heavy dose of number 24 on Sunday a heavy dose of Antonio Gibson so yeah y'all take that for whatever's worth matter of fact. Paul, you might know, what's the most carries Gibson has had in the game? Not uh, side, but I, I'm off the top of my head. I would guess it was the Dallas game on Thanksgiving, but I can tell you right now. Hold on one second. Because we haven't truly had a game, you know what I'm saying, where we've just where pounded like, the shit out the rock. Counts. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And the fact that we're going to Philadelphia for a team that's like we said, they ready to go one, two, three, Cancun. They not really trying to tackle this brother twenty plus times, twenty plus carries. You know what I'm saying? So. I'm right. hoping Scott can scheme it up, especially if we don't know the situation with number 17 and if he is out. It's both I, Dallas games. I was about to say, it's, he has 20 carries on both Dallas games. Damn. 115 and 128. Jeez. Four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this past weekend, I think Zeke had 20-plus carries over 100 yards versus Philly. So yeah, they ran all that, over Philly. That run defense ain't as uh, stiff as it was before. So I mean, no Fletcher Cox, man. That, that's, that's a massive deal. That's a mm-hmm. massive, especially, I mean – our offensive line ain't no scrubs. Like these are our we have a quality offensive line. Like absolutely season, one of the season we were worried about them. They've turned into at least one of the I would say one of the top 12, at least in the run game, offensive lines. They're they're a little bit more average in pass pro. I mean, as much as I like uh Cornelius Lucas and um 
Morgan Moses and at times Jerron Christian been doing a pass pro. They, they've been had at times, but as a run blocking team, they've been very good. And I think mm-hmm. getting Gibson back at this time versus a defensive line that's banged up, missing their best player by far, it, it, it could lead to another 20 carry day for Gibson. And mm-hmm. especially if you don't have 17, man, loaded box, go ahead, load the box. We got 24. Mm-hmm. What you got? Yep. Like we said, didn't we, didn't we say already say that their linebackers are pretty damn banged up? So come on, we got like we got to bring we got to bring the punishment to them, get them checked out, make them want to go on vacation early. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they weren't really good to begin with. Like I think mm-hmm. that thinking back to the week one podcast talking about how bad the Eagles linebackers are. I mean, that, it's easily the weakness of the weakness of their defense. Absolutely. Know? All right, predictions. Let's do predictions. Mm. I want. <laughs> I wanted to say I was going to pick a loss because I wanted to go back to the streak. Paul, I thought about that, bro. Nah, but I, I think I'm just going to just, 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 uh, <laughs> lose my mind right now. And, um, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm skeptical until I hear something about 11. I think we all can agree on that, right? Like, if, oh, yeah. if it comes out tomorrow, Today's Tuesday, we're recording this Tuesday night. If Wednesday comes up in this practice and we see a Alex Smith dash DNP, I'm going to be nervous as fuck. If I see mm-hmm. 17 dash in a DNP, I'm g- <laughs> oh my God, Core Walker say some shit like that to me. Well, no, I don't know if y'all saw, but Ron said they put McClure wasn't on the sideline. They had him up in the box on Sunday. They wanted him to stay off the foot. They made sure they put it in the boot so he wasn't putting no weight on it. So, I mean, that's that's fine. I mean, I don't think the boot is the worst in the world. You know, we're, we're doing everything we can to protect our most valuable asset at wide receiver, put his boot on and walk around a little bit. So, you know, I, the fact that he was. Still Dan, go get you a couple uh Ben's chili dogs, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> put, kick your foot up, go ahead. Chill out, 17. <laughs> um, listen, I think he's playing. I think he's going to play too. I think I'm, I'm pretty confident that he's going to play. Uh-huh. You're talking about 11, right? 11. I'm uh, talking about 17 as well. <laughs> 17. Not, well, I, I think the weird thing for him is it's not like this has been a lingering injury. Yes. So I think that's my concern there. Uh-huh. A high ankle sprain. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to assume he's out. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I see you on that. I think maybe, like, my mood changed a little bit when I heard John kind of talk on this podcast saying, like, knowing the person that Terry is. He'll play, and I was like, you know what? John's right. Terry's back. Yeah. You know, yeah. seven <laughs> no, but you know he's trying to give it a go. But I'm not gonna lie; it, it's worrisome the fact that he was uh, ruled out so early last week. Like he was doubtful. I think they ruled him out on Friday, so that doesn't usually that doesn't usually bode well for the week right after. Like usually, you're you're not fully recovered when they call you out on Friday. And say, yeah, you're not playing. It wasn't even a game time decision. He's just out. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I'm afraid you're not playing. That's just- yeah. Oh, but, you, know, you see Cam Akers might play on Sunday. He had a high ankle sprain yeah. um, versus Jets. And, he okay. may, um, and they think he might play on Sunday. Yeah. We'll see. Well, I mean, even if McLaurin does play, yeah, you're gonna be, he's not going to be anywhere now. Right. Yeah. But at least we'll have that threat out there, Cliff. They got to account for him. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm. I'll, I'll go first. I'm going to go first. Um, all right. Uh. What year was it? 2005. One in Philly. Week 17 made the playoffs. Dang, Paul, you took my line. Go ahead. Good. I, <laughs> I feel you, though, my nigga. Go ahead. 2015. Went to Philly. Week 16. Clinched the division. Mm-hmm. You know what? 
you know, I'm feeling a little bit spicy. Let's, let's go ahead and pick the Washington football team over the Philadelphia Eagles in a game that is close for the majority of the game, but kind of starts getting away from the Eagles towards the 60-minute uh, mark. Let's go ahead and say Washington. Let's say Washington 23, Philly 13. Have we had a pick six this year? That, that was that was by a cornerback. Ooh. Uh, no, we haven't. Well, that leads into my prediction. Um, defense is going to have to carry us like they've been carrying us all year. Obviously, we expected, well, we're hoping Alex is out there, but you know Alex is really not going to be 100%. And like Clifford said, if 17 is not out there, where are the points going to come from? Um, like I stated earlier, I think we're going to see a heavy dose of Antonio Gibson. Um, but I got to be honest, I am a little worried about Jalen Hurst throwing some bombs at Sean Jackson and Jalen Rieger. I mean, I know he can turn the ball over a couple times, and I know they're not really true powerful when it, truly powerful when it comes or high-powered offense, I should say. They're not out there scoring left, scoring right, doing whatever they want to do. Um, oh, I think it's going to come down to we're going to get a defensive touchdown, and it's going to be from one of our cornerbacks. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jimmy Moreland is going to have a pick six on Sunday. Um, and I think we're going to get a W, man. I don't want to jinx the team, but I just truly feel like Ron's going to have the boys ready. I know I said this last week, but I kind of feel like, like Cliff said a little earlier, I feel like they were a little tight. And that also goes back to having the faith in the quarterback getting the job done. Um, but I feel like everybody's energy is going to be up because 11 is going to be on the field. And we're going to come through and we're going to win this division. Score is going to be 27-20 Washington. Look, man. Sunday night, it's Sunday night, the formerly black Mike Tarico on the mic. Okay, Whoa. Mike. Remember, Mike Tarico says he's not black, he's Italian. <laughs> the Italian Mike Tarico. Yeah. I never heard that. Clip. That's that's another podcast. You never heard that? That, that is nope. like my favorite Mike Tarico thing. Yeah. Okay, Mike. We got, we, got, <laughs> we got everybody's favorite favorite Italian Mike Tarico. <laughs> Chris Collinsworth in the booth with the last game of the regular season. The last game. This is an opportunity. You see, last time we were on national team was Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Where oh, Monday, Monday night versus Pittsburgh. Nah, that wasn't because that game wasn't shown nationally. Yeah, they didn't do it nationally. You yeah, are right. You're right. You're you right. It wasn't shown yeah. nationally. I'm, I'm, I feel like. We got over this shench in the building because of you know who. Not to say that he's the fault for everything, but mm-hmm. it was stench in the building. Absolutely. We are about to whoop these people, okay? Physically going to whoop them. Big game from Gibson. It's going to be sort of a repeat of that Thanksgiving. Gibson in the O-line, Cam Curl, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, John Allen, Payne, Holcomb, everybody's going to have a party. All right, it's how we're going to ring in the new year. It's a party. It's a beating <laughs> breaks off the Eagles in winning this fucking day. Alex Smith, the greatest story of the season, the greatest story currently, probably in sports. Washington 24, Eagles 13. Mm. Carson, I hope you're watching film this week. You might get some snaps. Mm. Damn. Well, folks, there you have it. That's all three of us on on Washington. And unlike last week, I wasn't like making the 
prediction to win, like kind of like begrudgingly. I, I genuinely feel like they're going to win this game. You know what I'm saying? I, I was nervous as fuck going into the past two games. I think they're going to beat Philly. I, this is like no cap for real. I, I think they're going to play well. I think they'll show up. Got to come out fast. Yep. Got to come out fast. And if, you know, the next time you're hearing our voices, we're doing another prediction pod. You know, that, shout to us. And if the next one is talking about the free agent quarterback draft, then <laughs> shout out to the quarterbacks and then <laughs> shout out to the Matthew Staffords of the world, too, I guess. And huh? But that's another, we'll save that for the free agency podcast. Please, please, please do. Yes, please do. Yeah. <laughs>